Show Contingency Plans Edition. We have an SEC schedule. It is conference only. It does not start until September 26th. Ten games. There's an open date at the end of the schedule in case they've got to make some stuff up. That means the four SEC-ACC in-state rivalry games are not happening. There's some people not real thrilled about that. But then there's more intrigue because the SEC, of course, is a league where they're constantly complaining about who has to play whom. I think I said that right. And now you're going to get two extra SEC games, cross-divisional, per team. It's going to be a really interesting game of rock, paper, scissors. To talk about it, I bring on our Alabama beat writer, Aaron Suttles. Aaron, you're a veteran of the SEC schedule arguing. What are these next few days and weeks going to be like as they try to figure out these these other two teams for everybody? Man, can't you, Andy? You, you know this league. Can't you just already hear the conspiracy theories of the of that the league? Oh, no question. <laughs> that the league is going to conspire to help X team or hurt their team. It's you know that's where it's headed. I'm hopeful that maybe. Look, I, I know the reality is that the SEC is probably never going to go to a, a ten. A ten-game conference schedule, but I hope that maybe we can get nine. You know, Nick Saban's been saying he's wanted more conference games for a long time. Maybe this could be the first step toward that because, you know, we've seen down the road Georgia, Alabama. Um, these are schools that now are starting to schedule multiple Power Five non-conference opponents in the same year. Maybe you can accomplish that by also beefing up your your conference schedule. I know that's been a big a big a big criticism of the SEC by other conferences for a long time, but. I don't, I don't, um, I don't envy the people in the conference offices sitting in downtown Birmingham because they're not, they're going to take some criticism and flack from just, just it's almost part of the job at this point. I'm never going to want to go back if this happens. Now we still don't know if the season's going to get played. We'll we'll see how this goes. But if this season gets played and they do ten conference games and that's that's all all there is, no one is ever going to want to go back to the way it was. Now, here's here's what I'd say if I were Greg Sankey in terms of how you pick the additional two games. I would say, listen, we're giving the TV networks less inventory. So we're going to give them their money's worth. So I am picking the teams that you will play based on what TV wants and what they'll give us more money for. So guess what? Georgia, you're playing Alabama already. You're already playing Auburn as a cross-divisional opponent. You're also going to get LSU, and you're also going to get Texas A&M. <laughs> Florida, you've got LSU and Ole Miss as your current cross-divisional opponents. Guess what? You get Alabama and Auburn. We're, we're going to load it up. Tennessee, you're playing Alabama? Cool. You're also playing Texas A&M. Let's, let's make it happen. Yeah, it, it, I think the logical thing is for Alabama and Florida to play. I mean, they haven't played in the regular season since 2014. That was in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Um, I mean, they've played in an SEC championship game since then. but Two, two, two very ugly ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's time for them to meet again. And, you know, how do they decide for some of this stuff, Andy, who's home and who's away? Um, that, that's, a, that's a whole other ball of wax. How do you decide? Like, take, for instance, Auburn and Georgia. I mean, for the – like, for historically, 
they have played in the middle of November for forever. There have been a couple times throughout the years they've played in, in late October. But for the most part, it's like mid-November. But for, weren't they already moving that game? They anyway? were already moving it. It was going to be October 10th. So now does it stay in the same place, given that the season starts September 26th? I mean, there are a lot of different questions that come into play here. But I think the one the, the fans are most interested in are who you're going to play. And, and talk in, in timing, does that, does that September 26th game, is that Alabama-Georgia right off the bat? Oh it, my! Why were, not? Why? It, listen, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna play, and look, we we don't know what's gonna happen yet. We we can say that we think they're gonna play. We can say there's optimism, but we're not gonna know for at least a few weeks whether this is actually gonna happen. But why not start it off with a bang if you're gonna do it? That would be great, and because they were they were scheduled to meet Watt on the the 19th, so there is no football the 19th. So just make that the first game. I mean. You got uh, you got JT Daniels and and Jamie Newman against Mac Jones and, and Bryce Young. Just just uh, well, but but here's the question: Are Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle and Alex Leatherwood there? We don't know. We have no clue. We have no idea. I mean, is, is Dylan Moses, who, in my opinion, hint hint, is coming later later on next week, is the most important player Alabama has? Is does he stick around? Because a lot of people thought he might. Uh, Remember the whole letter that his dad sent out, his highness, or <laughs> oh, I remember. But it, what, I mean, wasn't the decision to play in the first place to raise the draft stock? Yeah. So not playing would probably not raise the draft stock. Probably not, and it's just a, a million different questions out there. But I'm I'm with you. Put the the great teams together because this this year was already scheduled to be a little different. I mean, Alabama was going to play Texas A and M right before the Iron Bowl at the end of November. They were getting away to, away from that cupcake cupcake game before the Iron Bowl, so. The, now the timing of some of these games even come into play. Yeah, and you know you heard the Big Ten talk about maybe front-loading their division games and, and putting Ohio State and Michigan first instead of last. I don't think they're going to wind up doing that. But I, you could conceivably do that in the SEC if you wanted to. If you wanted to make sure the Iron Bowl got played, you could make that first. And, and then the decision, and you understand why, the decision to still play an SEC championship game um, I, I wonder if they keep the tiebreakers the same. I, I would think so because they kept divisions. It, because they kept divisional play, you keep the tiebreakers the same. I would prefer they ditch divisions. I, I like the ACC ditching divisions, and I hope they never go back because I never want to try to remember who's in the Coastal and who's in the Atlantic again. I still don't know. Most of the time I, I don't I, even remember that Maryland has left and gone to the Big Ten. <laughs> I finally learned. Maryland was in the Atlantic, by the way, <laughs> just in case you were wondering. But I finally learned – I feel like that knowledge is going to waste and now. now it's but, wasted space in your head. Well, I, I'm, but I'm glad though. I don't want it to come back. I'm a fan of the idea of a pod system for the SEC, where you have, you know, three fixed opponents that are that are annual rivals, and then you just play everybody else. Because there's some really good SEC rivalries that just died as they kept expanding. I mean, Tennessee and Auburn used to play every year. Florida and Auburn. Used Florida to play and Auburn every year. was Those a great one. Were, were great games and. I, I don't. They don't have to be every year, but they need to be more often than once every eight. Yeah, I, I was looking this up because I was I, I was writing the Alabama portion of this story and you know trying to figure out who they might bring over from the East because Alabama always has Tennessee, obviously, as their permanent crossover. And to, this year they get Georgia. So who else? And do you know that they've played Vanderbilt? Alabama has more times than Auburn, more times than LSU. Well, Alabama didn't play Auburn for a while. I mean, as as you know, that's a, a bit of a sore spot in in the state. But yeah, I mean, it, it's 
it's interesting how many, well, the, the book I want to read is on the old SEC schedule when you could play five games or you could play you eight make games, up, <laughs> whatever you want. It was the wild, wild west, Andy. And you could actually play a conference game and, and like make it not a conference uh, it's uh, well, North Carolina and Wake Forest did that last yeah, year. So I like that actually. Yeah, but it, this is going to be different. And so I, I was thinking about it. You know, Alabama had on the schedule no, they were going to play USC to open, but their other non-conference opponents were Georgia State, Kent State, and Tennessee Martin this year. So my question is this: If you are ESPN or CBS, which is worth more to you, Alabama, Florida, or? Alabama, Tennessee, Martin, plus Alabama, Georgia State, plus Alabama, Kent State, which is worth more? Ooh, I'd say the big, the, the, the big game. Yeah, I think so, too. The final 22 teams have made their way down to Orlando and are ready to get back on the court. While the ending of this year's basketball season will be different than years past, there will not be a shortage of excitement, and there is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings will have not one, but two $1 million top prizes through the first two days of the resumed season. So get in on all the action now. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball is easy to play. Just pick eight players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million. But if basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I, I don't think people care no. about those other games. They don't. And now, if you're Greg Byrne and you're the AD at Alabama and you're worried about season ticket sales, which most years other than this you are, you know, you want home games. But I, I really feel like the consumer is getting a little savvier and saying, you know what? I'm not sure I want to pay for that. And this may just push them over the edge. You remember last year, I mean, it was very un-Alabama-like. The fact that they publicly complained about those string of day games that they had to play, part of that's because you're playing these teams that nobody wants to see. You can't give tickets away. It's insanely hot in Alabama in September. The games at 11 o'clock are, are 3.30 or 2.30, whatever. You don't want to go see the Citadel. I'm sorry, no, no disrespect to those teams, but fans don't want to pay, especially the way Alabama had been scheduling you know, back in the old days when you got eight home games, you could maybe get away with. But Alabama, if you've been a season ticket holder, you're getting seven home games, three of which you know are, are garbage, just flat-out garbage. The one good game that you were getting a year is not part of your season ticket package. That's a neutral side game. you got to pony up more for, to go pay for that. And then you got whatever you got for your home schedule in the SEC. So for a long time, the season ticket holders have been getting a raw deal and that's why they were so excited their album has started to move to this home and home series with some really good teams, especially multiple power five and non-conference opponents in, in the same year. So yeah, it just, the writing has been on the wall. You couldn't give me some of these tickets away. Yeah. I'll, I'll be very curious if this season gets played to see what the numbers are, what the TV networks say about those numbers 
and then what the response is down there. Because we, we know everybody's been scheduling up. We, we know, like, you look at Georgia's schedules in like 26, 27, 28. Crazy. They are brutal. They, they are scheduling for an 18 playoff. They can say whatever they want. They're scheduling because they know you can lose two games and make an 18 playoff. And I kind of hope everybody does that because we're going to get really spoiled this year and not just in the SEC. We're going to get spoiled in the ACC, in the Big Ten, in the, in the Big 12. We're going to be very spoiled this season. And I'm, I'm hopefully it's, 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 a, it's a change that sticks around in some capacity, whether it's just one more conference game a year. I'm with you. I would rather see pods. Um, I mean, there are things that you can do to keep traditional rivalries and still play more of people in your conference. I mean, I I looked it up. Auburn's played Missouri once in the regular season since they right. joined the league. A and M's played Georgia once. I mean, that, it's just not you're not really members of the same league. So last year, there's a good stat. Last year was the first time Gus Malzahn had coached a game in Gainesville. He's been in the league eleven years. If you count when he was the OC, you just you can't have that, and you know it's the price we paid with expansion. But there are things, and the league has sacrificed as a whole. Let's be honest about this for Alabama, for Auburn, for Georgia, and and for Tennessee. And so you know those those sacrifices have benefited people in this state because they they value those rivalries. But there's ways to do that while also serving the league better. Yeah, and I think I think we're gonna see. People very happy with the idea of more SEC teams playing more SEC games. And you know, I, I just, you know, I hope they can pull this season off just, just so they see what the response is, just so they see what the, what the ratings are, what the numbers are. And listen, there is no more loyal group of people than SEC football fans. If, if you put that game on TV, they're going to watch it. But, man, if you put a good game on TV, oh, it's going to be, yeah, yeah. Brad and Gary's heads are going to explode <laughs> when, when they see some of these games if this, if this gets pulled off. So that's what I, I, I am very interested in how this is all going to work. I don't still know if it's, if it's going to be possible to play a season. There's a lot of hoops to jump through. What, what did you think of the SEC going to September 26th? Because if what we're hearing about the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are true, then the SEC would be the last one to start. It was, uh, you know, because the SEC took some. They got played yesterday. Talk from from the ACC of with their with their their model that they they, they got politically outfoxed. I don't think they got played. It just made it. It just made it where the SEC teams had to take the blowback, and the ACC ones didn't. So I think this step. I mean, it answers a lot of critics. I think because for for a long time, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, especially, have said. So you're not playing enough conference games. You're playing too many cupcake games. And so that answers that. And then to, to be able to do it and still get the conference championship game was huge in my opinion. But I think I think strategically they win if, and, and this is where you and I, I think, agree, if they give the matchups, the, the people the matchups they want to see. But, but if you're going to do that, you also have to reward those teams for playing an Alabama schedule, an Auburn schedule, a Florida. I mean, can you imagine Florida, what they're going to play? Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy if they wind up with either Alabama or Auburn, and I, I would bet they get one of them. You're going to have to reward them for that. You're going to have to look at them differently than you look at, uh, let's just take any team in the ACC, North Carolina. If North Carolina gets through their league with one loss, a Florida team with two losses 
is much better than North Carolina getting out of their league with one loss. It's just reality. Hey, North Carolina does have to play ACC member Notre Dame, which, by the way, <laughs> be talking about that with Pete Sampson up next from, from The Athletic. But the, the other thing, Aaron, about the, the time they're choosing to start the season, I think it's interesting because a lot of people said, oh, the SEC will just do anything possible to have a season, and they'll, they'll just throw the players out there. They're the one league that's saying, you know what? I think I'd rather watch the NFL try to play football games first before we try to do it. Like, they're going to let the pro guys be the guinea pigs. Well, for, for a long time, I mean, it's been the commissioner sort of kicking the can down the road until they couldn't kick it any, any longer because they ran into a wall. But the SEC does give itself – I mean, they can study the way that not only what the NFL is going to do, but what baseball is doing right now, what the NBA is going to do and all of this. So they can – they can study that. The problem with, I mean, the difference in the main difference with college football is the whole students on campus, and you can't really put college athletes in and, a bubble. And that is what they've said is a reason. I, Scott Strickland, the Florida AD, said this today. I think Greg Sankey said it on Feinbaum. They, they said they would like to see what happens after Labor Day in terms of the numbers with the virus because they're like everybody else. They're still trying to decide if they're going to play this season. They've decided how they're going to play it if they play it, but they're, they're deciding if they're going to play it. But I tell you what, if they do, it is going to be wild. And <laughs> these next few days as they figure out who's going to play who. I got a call from an athletic director this uh, in the afternoon, so we're taping this Thursday night. So right after the SEC made its announcement, I guess on the Paul Feinbaum show, they were adding cross-divisional games for each team. So an athletic director calls me and goes, Feinbaum just put two opponents up for us, and I'm like, we haven't even talked about who we're going to play. <laughs> so the, this AD had called the, cl- the conference office and like, what did you, did you already make the schedule? <laughs> no, apparently not. So, but that's, that's where they're at. A lot of this is being done on the fly. And and, it has to be right. I mean, yeah. Uh, not, and I'm not going to get political here, but whatever you think of this, holding someone to what they thought about our current world state, holding them to what they said in March Versus what they're saying today, or even next week, is is you know I've got people people in my family that are scientists. That's not really fair because we know more in a week than we did yeah. today. We know more today in July than we did back in March. So it's not always moving a goalpost, which is a, a common refrain. It's sometimes it's just we what we believe then is not true, or we just know more. Yeah, and and everybody's going to know more when more students get on more campuses, and there will be an easier decision to make. I would think as you get down the road. Now, we'll see what the other leagues do because the Big 12 still got games scheduled for August 29th. I, I, I have a hard time seeing those getting played. But the Big 10, you know, the, the talk is that they'll start on September 5th. But if they do, they're still playing the same thing the SEC's playing. It's just they would have more flexibility within that schedule. That may be the right answer or what the SEC's doing may be the right answer or they may both be right or they may both be wrong. We just don't know. Well, you'll appreciate this because you're normally in a stadium every Saturday. I'm excited, selfishly. I get to watch more football. People never understand this about a beat writer. You basically get to see one game a week. Exactly. And, you know, you can try to follow along on your split-screen computer or the television in the press box, but it's not. you really don't get to see it. So I'm going to get to see more college football this year than I have maybe since I was an undergrad. It is if this season gets pulled off, it's going to be completely bananas, and I am here for it. So, Aaron, Aaron Suttles, thank you so much for talking a little SEC. When we return, 
Pete Sampson, the Athletics Notre Dame beat writer, to talk about the Fighting Irish playing a conference schedule in football. That's right. Hell might have frozen over. We'll be right back. Now's the time to get your student loan payments under control. You could be saving by refinancing your student loans with Earnest. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple years, odds are you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with Earnest. Even if you've refinanced before, with today's low-rate environment, most people could save by refinancing again. Checking your new rate is fast and easy. To start, complete a few questions online. It only takes about two minutes. Then get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. Want to change your monthly payment, combine many loans into one easy payment, or get a better rate? Earnest makes it easy. Plus, there is no origination fee or any other fees. Plus, the internet loves Earnest customer service. They're rated 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. And now you can get a $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with earnest.com slash Andy Staples. Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you refi your student loan at earnest.com slash Andy Staples. That's earnest.com slash Andy Staples. Joined now by our Notre Dame beat writer, Pete Sampson. And Pete, the day that Notre Dame would tell everybody would never come, it probably still hasn't come because we don't know if these games are going to get played. But Notre Dame is set to play a conference schedule with the opportunity to potentially play in a conference championship game. What is the mood in South Bend about Notre Dame playing an ACC schedule. It's uh, like so many things with Notre Dame. It's a mix. I mean, I think there's some people that are clutching their pearls, um, but I, I think there's a large section of the fan base that is like, ooh, winning the ACC championship and then sort of leaving the trophy in Charlotte. What a what a lovely, spiteful uh, scene that would be. So I I think as long as Notre Dame can get back to being independent, I think they're, they're okay with it uh, by and large, but uh, it's a... It's just, these are strange times. What would it take for Notre Dame to join a conference, a global pandemic? So th- this will be the second civil conflict trophy reference on this podcast this week. But, <laughs> but you are, are thinking that if Notre Dame won the ACC, they would do what UCF did when they won the civil conflict at UConn and just leave the trophy somewhere. That is, that is torn, perfect. Yeah. I'm torn between that and like taking it back to Notre Dame and like Raiders of the Lost Ark style, putting it in a crate and putting it in a, a the bottom of a dusty storage area. It's uh, I don't think it will be displayed. Although I also remember Mike Bray when they won the ACC men's basketball tournament for the first time, saying basically he was going to glue it to the top of his car and drive around uh, Tobacco Row with it. So maybe Brian Kelly will will go around. Uh, you know, take a ride down Clemson slide and just sort of tour the ACC uh, football ve- venues and facilities with the trophy in hand, just, just for the heck of it. Well, here's the thing. Let's say this actually happens that Notre Dame plays for the ACC title. They, they'd have to probably play Clemson twice because they were already going to play Clemson. Clemson remains on the schedule. It's a, it's a home game for Notre Dame there. They, they would get Clemson, Duke, Florida state, Louisville, Syracuse at home on the road. They would get, Boston College, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest. That's a that's a manageable schedule. It's not this. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's manageable. No, it's. I mean, I tweeted this last night. Like 
Notre Dame joined a conference and its schedule got easier. Um, and I, that was sort of the, the big knock on Notre Dame not joining a conference. Like, well, you're afraid to play a full conference slate of games. Like Notre Dame is they're 14 and one over the last three years against non-Clemson ACC teams. And they've won, I believe 24 straight against unranked competition. You're playing a lot of unranked teams in the ACC. So I, it's a very manageable uh, schedule. I think North Carolina and Louisville are tricky. Pittsburgh is tricky, but uh, over the last series, Notre Dame has been very, very consistent in, in taking care of the teams that you think could be a little bit trappy uh, or could come up and get you. Um, you know, it, it's the Clemson's, Georgia's of the world that have given Notre Dame trouble, less so Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, North Carolina. It, I, I enjoyed how much this makes people mad because <laughs> – there, there are a lot of people who hate Notre Dame who would like to see them punished for some reason for wanting to stay independent when I think having to go 12-0 to make the playoff is, is their punishment. But they're like, why is the ACC bailing them out? I, if it was me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like, do you guys understand how mutually beneficial deals work? Like, Notre Dame can do this because they can get away with it because they, they have that marketing power and the ACC would like them to play five of their teams every year. And it's a, it's a beneficial deal for both parties. And for Notre Dame, it helps when something like this happens that the ACC is like, Hey, you, Hey, valuable business partner. How would you like to play some more games? Yeah. To me, this is an instance where Notre Dame is benefiting a lot more than the ACC is from the current agreement. Um, because if, if the ACC really wanted to play hardball with them, I'd, I'm not sure where Notre Dame turns. Are you playing a home and home with BYU at that point? I'm, that's that's not very palatable either. So I, if I'm Notre Dame, I am I am thanking the ACC for helping me out in this situation. Maybe not dissimilar to Notre Dame helping the ACC out in 2013 when got, a league got the grant of rights done. This is yeah, this is returning rights, the favor. Wanted a TV network. Wasn't sure how that was going to work. Hey, how about? Um, TV sets in Chicago and, you know, all across the Midwest would be interested in that. So it is, it's mutually beneficial. I mean, look, we're, you and I are of like minds that one of the reasons that college football is great is nobody plays by the same rules. So uh, the, the drumbeat that Notre Dame should play by the same rules as everybody else, it just doesn't make sense because that's not what makes the sport awesome. Well, and also isn't this year a prime example of nobody playing by the same rules? I mean, we're still waiting <laughs> To, to hear the specific details of everybody else's schedules, but nobody is going to play by the same rules. Yeah. I, I mean, this is Notre Dame getting as close to humanly possible as being like everybody else. Um, and it's, you know, if you're Notre Dame, can you really have a, a, a legitimate college football schedule without USC? I would argue no, but this is the best that you can do. So right. these are the rules. U- USC the was not walking through that door because their league has already said you're playing conference only. Uh, yeah. Now, as we record this, the ACC still has a, a plus one non-conference game. We'll see as we go forward whether that's going to happen or not. But would you assume that's Navy if, if they can do it? Yeah, I, I think you can more than assume it would be Navy. I, that was one of the things about the ACC announcement that made really no sense to me is that your non-conference game had to be played in an ACC state because you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Maryland was an ACC state at some it point. It was a charter member yeah. of the ACC. And who, who does uh, protocols and testing 
better than the United States Naval Academy. So to me, the idea that Notre Dame couldn't go play in Annapolis makes no sense to me. Uh, I was a little surprised that Notre Dame didn't have that language in that in the announcement yesterday uh, out of the gate. They can probably get that figured out. They can probably just you know send it over to Virginia. You know, just just cross DC, go into Virginia, and and there's got to be a high school field you can play on in Virginia. Because honestly, they just got to put cameras there. I'm not sure there's going to be crowds at any of these games. Guys, we got to talk about barbecue right now, and and. If you love barbecue like you know I do, you know it takes a lot of time. You're working. You're maybe taking care of the kids while you work from home right now. It's tough. You don't have time to smoke something for 16 hours. Well, let me tell you a little bit about chicken ribs because you can get that same smoke flavor and a lot fewer calories, a lot less fat, and it's delicious, and the kids are going to love it too. So chickenribs.com. Sounds weird. Chicken ribs? It's chicken thighs covered in pork rub, smoked, and they taste and eat like a rib. It's a huge hunk of meat on a small bone. Tastes very much like a pork rib, but a quarter of the fat, a lot less calories. Oh, by the way, really, really easy to get going because, listen, we we don't have time to smoke stuff. But if you go to chickenribs.com, they will send you your chicken ribs. You thaw them out. When you're ready, you put them in your air fryer. You warm them up on the grill. You warm them up in the oven. And they taste like they came right from the smokehouse. I got a 10-year-old who doesn't eat anything. He ate a chicken rib and said, this is better than real ribs. I'm telling you, you can satisfy some pretty picky eaters with these things. We know great barbecue tastes time, but Chicken Ribs makes it easy. Fully cooked from the smokehouse. Authentic barbecue ready in just minutes. Go to www.chickenribs.com. Use the code ANDY today to get $10 off plus free two-day shipping. Who doesn't love perfectly smoked meat? Watching games now that they're back on TV? Or maybe you're just making dinner for the family. Chickenribs.com. Use the code ANDY for $10 off plus free two-day shipping. Yeah, and it's for, you know, the game's already been moved in time. You know, may probably get moved in time again from week zero to week one to, I don't know, maybe it'll be week 12. Um, and then it's been moved in venue from Ireland to Annapolis. You know, the, the language reads that you could move the game to South Bend. Um, I'm not sure if Navy would agree to that or not, but I, Notre Dame will try every humanly possible uh, avenue to get that game back on the schedule because – to already lose USC, um, you know, Navy is not the glamour opponent that USC is by any stretch of the imagination. But, but, but a meaningful opponent for Notre Dame. Yes. We talk about thanking and, and being grateful. And what the Notre Dame-Navy game is, is, is one of those very cool college football traditions that has everything to do with being grateful because the U.S. Navy chose Notre Dame's campus as a, as a base of operations in World War II and essentially – it kept Notre Dame open because Notre Dame's enrollment was was plummeting because every man in the country was basically joining joining the armed forces. Exactly. So there's there's so much history in that, um, and it may not be appreciated outside of Notre Dame and Navy, but um, it's incredibly important internally here. So that they will do everything humanly possible to play that game, uh, and I, I would expect that will absolutely be Notre Dame's plus one, assuming that the ACC sticks with the plus one model. 
Yeah, it's it, this is going to be weird, and, and we we say this knowing that the logistical hurdles to a season are very high, and we don't know if it's going to happen. But Pete, let's get into the nitty gritty of this because there was another interesting announcement from ACC Country yesterday that doesn't directly affect Notre Dame, but but could down the road. And that was Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, who's a probably first round draft pick as a cornerback opting out of this season. And we had heard that whether they played in the spring or the fall, if they were going to play a truncated season where they move stuff around or it was conference only, there's a really good chance that the obvious first rounders might not play. So Notre Dame, we mentioned they play Clemson, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. We'll see if they're there. I, if, if Caleb Farley's not playing, Trevor Lawrence is, is even projected higher than him. We don't know about Etienne because he presumably came back to, to get a higher draft position. So he, he might just decide he wants to play. But Trevor Lawrence is, is the one that everybody's looking at going, okay, you're probably the number one overall pick. Are you going to play? That is, uh, I mean, it's a hell of a question for Notre Dame's schedule if there, there is one. You know, we all should be so fortunate to have a six foot five, two hundred forty five pound backup that can throw the ball seventy yards that, like Clemson. That would be does. DJ Uiungalale, the the freshman yes. at Clemson who um, would take over for Trevor Lawrence. I thought Notre Dame was going to have to deal with him in twenty twenty two, not in twenty twenty. But yeah, that I mean that because Notre Dame doesn't have an obvious. I'll sit out the year and not play. Yeah, you know, e- Ian Book is not leaving. Yeah, if Kyle Hamilton was a junior, then yeah, he would be one of those guys that I think would probably just say, like, you know, I'm out. But Ian Book's not doing that. I don't expect Liam Eikenberg, their starting left tackle, to do that. So that I think Notre Dame's roster will return intact. And if they have to not defend Trevor Lawrence with Travis Etienne and then Justin Ross is already out, that that levels the playing field a lot in that kind of game. And that um you know, again, you get back to not everyone's playing by the same rules. Clemson may get bit by this um, more than most because they have one of the best players, if not the best player in college football, and he may not have a, a real reason to play in a truncated sort of oddball season. Well, and a lot of this will, will come down to when they play too because th- there's a concern among coaches that there are some players who are draft eligible who will – start the season but if they put three or four good games on tape they may take off too so that that's another thing that that everybody's got to look at Notre Dame would be one of those schools that would have to look at that because they do have quite a few draft prospects on the team but for sure but when when those draft prospects feel like they can make money the cost benefit analysis will tell them keep on playing the college game and you could potentially make more money because and this is what I pointed out in my story on on Wednesday, is that Joe Burrow would have appeared on none of these lists this time last year, and he went number one number one overall. So you got to think it's it's not a huge number, but but just because Notre Dame has Clemson on the schedule, it it could be pretty big. Now North Carolina, Sam Howell's not going anywhere, so that's going to be a fun one. That that's going to be a good test for Notre Dame's secondary if they get to play Sam Howell and all those receivers at North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, that uh, the ACC definitely gave uh, Notre Dame, I think, the, the number two team in the, in the league, right? If it's not Louisville, which is, I think, kind of one of those tricky games, it's North Carolina. Don't, don't, don't sleep on the Seminoles, and, and I'll tell you why. Well, they also, yeah, I mean, they get Florida State, too. So it's, it's, a, it's as tough an ACC schedule as, as I think the ACC can make for Notre Dame um, with the additions that come on. You know, I think from a Notre Dame perspective – 
I would love to see Phil Dracovic's eligibility waiver get granted mm-hmm. and they're going to have to face him in 2020. In Bo- at Boston College, that's exactly right. That, that would be very interesting. And, you know, we'll, we'll see because I, I think Miami, if they get to play, will, will look a little bit different with Derek King and they're running a, a spread offense. Notre Dame does not have to play them. But but Florida State is is an interesting one because they still have some really good players. And they have a new coaching staff this year. Mike Norvell has been pretty successful everywhere he's been. Again, that may depend on when that falls in the season because Florida State's quarterback situation is very much in flux. And later in the season, it might be figured out. Yeah, that that is tricky to me. Um, you know, it's like I think Wake Forest with Sam Hartman at quarterback is it's a legitimate team, at least on the offensive side of the ball. But um, I – I don't know. I just sort of view Notre Dame's schedule as it's easier than it would have been in normal terms with USC, Stanford, and Wisconsin off. Yes, and the think, Wisconsin it, thing especially. There's, there's other than Clemson, nobody really compares to Wisconsin out of this. Exactly. Group. And it's, I mean, Notre Dame's. If you look at last year's final rankings, you know Notre Dame played its its ACC group, but it's the highest ranked team that Notre Dame beat last year was Navy, not any of the ACC schools they played. So it's uh, there, there's a lot of pretty good teams in the ACC. And I get back to what I said at the beginning, like Notre Dame is very, very good and consistent in their known quantity against good teams. Uh, it's the great teams that give them trouble, but uh, the ACC only has one of those and it's Clemson. Well, Notre Dame may have to play them twice, which listen, the, the ACC would love that. Uh, you know, if you're in a, it'll, time when you're missing revenue you're not getting the revenue from the from the gate because you're not allowed to bring fans into the stadium good tv properties help and and notre dame just made the acc's tv deal this year quite a bit better now if they wind up in the acc championship game you you've posited a couple different theories you know will it be (laughs) brian kelly Attaching the trophy to his car, will they leave it in Charlotte? Will they will they do Ark of the Covenant style, keep it in a box? I I think they should display it if they win it. They should ask South Carolina if they'd like to display their ACC championship trophies together. <laughs> because for those who don't know, South Carolina won the ACC one year and was like, okay, we're good. We're going to be an independent now. We're going to bounce. We have a new sponsor called Artifact, and this is a really really cool idea. Basically, you can make your own personalized podcast episodes about whatever you want. Give them to friends, to family. I would give any amount of money, any amount of money, to have my mom talking about her life so that my kids could listen to it. She passed away before they were born, and I've told them all about her, but I would love to hear her voice talking about her life. You can do something like that with Artifact Now. You don't even think about it right now, but it's one of those things that you will cherish and love. All you have to do, do what I did. You go to heyartifact.com and tell them a few basic things about what you want the artifact to be about and invite folks for interviews. It was really easy. It took a few minutes. I'll be sharing my personal episode with you when it's ready, but for now, you can go to heyartifact.com and hear some samples. There's a ton of ways to use artifact to capture stories with your friends and family. And when you're ready to make an artifact of your own, use the code Andy to get $40 off your first one. That's heyartifact.com and use the code Andy for $40 off. It's a great idea. There's so many different ways to use this, family histories. 
I don't know, maybe you, you are going to propose to somebody and you're going to do the story of how you met and then you're going to talk to their parents and interview them and your friends and interview them and at the end, you pop the question on Artifact. Who wouldn't want that? That, that is the ultimate keepsake. Go to heyartifact.com, code Andy, and give it a try. That would be fun. Uh, maybe Notre Dame could put it next to its Big Ten hockey trophy that won a couple years yes, ago. Yes, there you go. Now we're talking. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of options here. I, but I think whatever option Notre Dame settles on, it needs to be full troll. Um, if you're if you're not trolling the ACC over that, I, I really think you're missing a huge opportunity. Well, but I, I have a feeling the the administration at Notre Dame and the ACC are pretty chummy at this point. I mean, this is both have done some big oh, favors no for the other other in the last few years. But you're right. I think it's a it's a basically a troll job on the people who are mad at Notre Dame for staying independent in football. And by the way, before we go, explain to these people that Notre Dame probably gets less money being independent in football, that they could probably make more money in a conference. Yeah, it's, this is sort of lost in the independence debate that Notre Dame is somehow printing money, and they do in other ways, but it's not for media rights. The, the NBC contract is estimated around probably a little over $15 million a year. So the ACC administrators are expecting about $1 million roughly per school being spread around. That's not that's not a huge sum. Um, so, you know, from Notre Dame's perspective, I'm not saying that they're going to make more money this year than they would have otherwise, but it's not going to be a huge difference in where it was. And I, I don't think the ACC schools are going to, you know, they're going to get these checks from the NBC and be like, this is it. Like, this is all that you get. Um, but for Notre Dame, it's a matter of prestige scheduling freedom. I mean, look, look at it. When we talk about the college football playoff committee, it's the conference commissioners and Jack Swarbrick. That's the group. Now suddenly it's 14 ACC ADs and Jack Scorbrick. But, you know, Notre Dame would rather have a seat at the table of the college football playoff than ACC athletic directors meetings. Um, so it's the autonomy of being, being independent is valuable. The scheduling freedom. Notre Dame was supposed to play in Ireland, Lambeau Field, and L.A. Uh, this fall. That's no team stuck in a conference is able to do that kind of thing. So – the, the value of that is so high internally that they sort of look at the media rights and be like, we'll, we'll take a $20 million hit uh, that we could realize if we joined in full because we value independence that le- at, at that level. But just this once, they're going to play a conference schedule. And if these games happen, it is going to be wild. ACC championship game participant Notre Dame. Like if Vegas did the odds, they would it would be them and Clemson, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like they if they let's imagine Notre Dame winning the ACC championship before Miami, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Boston College. I mean, I believe there are nine schools who have never won it for Notre Dame to win it and then be like, "I'm out." I think would just be incredible incredible scene. It it is going to be it is going to be amazing. This year is going to have asterisks all over it. We have no idea if they're going to play, but if they do, we're going to always remember it. Pete Sampson, thank you so much. My pleasure, Andy.